0: My name is Patricia Kathleen, and this podcast series will contain interviews I conduct with women, female-identified, and non-binary individuals regarding their professional stories and personal narrative as it relates to their perspective. This podcast is designed to hold a space for all individuals to learn from their counterparts, regardless of age, status, or industry. We intend to transparently investigate the evolving global dialogue regarding underrepresented figures in all industries across the USA and abroad. By hosting these stories and conversations, we aim to contribute to the changing platform and representation of these individuals for the future. If you're enjoying this podcast series, be sure to check out our subsequent series called Roundtable with Patricia Kathleen, where we talk with a panel of guests regarding key topics that arise in these individual interviews. You can subscribe to all of our podcast series on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean, as well as our website, patriciacathleen.com. You can also contact me directly via this website or through my media website, wild.agency, that's W-I-L-D-E.Agency. For listening. Now let's start the conversation. Hi everyone, welcome back. This is your host Patricia, and today I am sitting down with Gita Pizar. Gita is the founder of Bluesurf IT. You can locate it at BluesurfIT.com. Um, Blue Surf IT is a full-service information technology company that specializes in on-site and remote support for small to medium-sized businesses, nonprofits, and home users. Um, welcome Gita. Hi there. Hi, I'm so excited to kind of climb through what you're doing. I think you're one of the handful of our first IT company owners and founders, so I can't wait to talk about that. But for everyone listening, before I get into peppering Gita with questions, a quick roadmap for today's podcast is going to follow the same trajectory of all of the podcasts on this series. We will first look at Gita's academic background and early professional life. And then we'll turn to unpacking BlueSurf IT and other endeavors Gita may be involved in. We'll get into the logistics of it, the who, what, when, where, why, how. And then we'll turn more to questions about the ethos of the company and the different populations that she might specialize with. And then we'll turn to goals that Gita has for the next um, three to five years in BlueSurf IT regarding scaling, expansion, branding, those types of things. We'll wrap everything up with advice that Gita may have for those of you looking to emulate or mirror what she has done with her success or possibly get involved with her current endeavors. A quick bio on Gita. She is a geek with social skills. She started her company in 2008 in the Midwest before moving to San Diego in 2013. The decision came after 10 years of working at places like Manpower's global headquarters. Um, And as she expects for many of entrepreneurs from the recognition that I can do this better was the impetus for the move. Better than working with a large corporation's faceless IT department and better at coming up with solutions and better at being approachable. She stands as um, a pinnacle of example for IT, uh, full service IT company. So, Gita, I love that um, bio, and it sounds like you've had a, a very seasoned history, but before we get into currently what the, the status is with BlueSurf IT, can you um, kind of draw a picture of what your academic background and early professional life was like? Yeah,
1: sure. Um, I'm old enough that uh, computers really weren't mainstream at all when I was going to school. I do have, have a master's degree in a completely different field that's in agricultural science because I loved science and biology, chemistry. And uh, uh, After moving to the U.S., I found myself in a situation where I had to figure out a different path because my master's degree was not accepted here. Mm -hmm. So I decided to learn about computers. I didn't know how to turn one on, didn't know anything. And within a year, I became a a Microsoft certified uh, systems engineer. At that time, that was the highest level of computer certification you can have. Mm. and then i started working in different corporate uh, departments uh the last one was as i as you mentioned uh manpower's global headquarters in milwaukee and uh i can honestly say that i hated pretty much every moment of it (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's, that's very honest of you what did you hate in particular about it well uh
1: Corporate IT, it's not a very hospitable environment for women. It's very male-dominated, which would be okay. My university was male-dominated too. The sport I I excelled in, Taekwondo, is male-dominated. It's not an issue. The problem is that those those IT guys, they don't... They weren't very kind to the few women who happened to working with happened to work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just constantly felt uh, underappreciated, even though by every metrics because they had very precise metrics. I was uh, the number one in the department. And, after a while, I just decided that no, this is this is not for me. I, I will never advance here. And I had by then a very serious technical background, and I decided that i I really can do better because uh, because I had the skills not just to be technical but but to connect with people as well which I don't want to bash guys all that of, but especially IT guys, many of them don't have that skill, even if they are very technic- technically savvy. So I thought that my, uh, my set of uh, technical expertise and person- personality traits would fit well with small businesses. And so I started... Uh, drumming up some some business even going to door-to-door in in office parks and found some clients and it was 12 years ago six years in Milwaukee and then last six years here in San Diego
0: It's amazing so it sounds like you were just knocking on doors getting clients in the beginning I did that too yes and friends
1: knew about me and and uh, networking events and other uh, and other connections. But yeah, that's, I did that too. Literally knocking on doors. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's good though. They, they call it like a baptism, right? As an entrepreneur, you kind of start with that cold calling effect. Yes. So when did you officially launch Blue Surf IT?
1: Well, it was called something as in Milwaukee 12 years ago. Uh, but when I moved here, I had to rename it. And uh, so six, six years ago, it became Blue Surf IT.
0: What was the impetus for the change of name? Just a, a change in location or? Uh, 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 pretty much. It was called North Shore
1: Help Desk in Milwaukee because geographically in it made sense. I lived in the North Shore of Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. But after I moved here, everybody kept asking me that, oh, you are from Hawaii.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what, what caused the uh, move to San Diego? Was it industry based or personally based?
1: um i wanted to live here and i had this completely unfounded unreasonable expectation that i'm gonna rebuild this company
0: (laughs) absolutely it's a great city to do that with too i think a lot of people don't realize the tech epicenter and the it that happens there's a lot of biotech that gets a lot of attention because of the universities and the private industry here but um there's an, obviously, there's going to be an incredible amount of tech with that as well, and even more so in the past five years. So when you came here and rebranded or renamed um, it to BlueSurf IT, did you have any other founders along with you? And did you take any funding or was it bootstrapped? No, um, it was just
1: me. And fortunately, the overhead is really small with, with IT consulting, It's not that I, I have to, I don't even have to have an office because I can, I can, I work at my clients offices. There's no need for me to have that. Um, I don't have a product other than my brain. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Do you have to, I'm wondering with the the structure of your business, do you specialize in specific industries? Um, because you know, the IT, the, the vast amounts of software implementation that you know you have as an IT consultant is um I think it's it's a lot. And so I'm wondering if you have industries or areas that you specialize in. And do you do a retainership model or how do you do you do like three months of work at a time where there's installation and then a retainership after that with upkeep or how is it all structured?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh well um I I work mostly with with companies under let's say 50 people, so it's not much industry specific as size specific because anything larger for that, uh, they need enough support that is worthwhile for them to have at least an IT person on staff. Uh, smaller <clears throat> a companies smaller than that, uh they need occasional support, so it, it's not worthwhile for them, mm-hmm. uh not physically, uh um uh, financially uh sound to have somebody there full time. So they kind of outsource it to me. And uh uh and with that they get my full attention whenever they need it. Um Right now, my pricing model, and it is going to change. Um, Right now, it is just strictly hourly. Whatever I work, there's an hourly rate. If they want me on the weekend for some emergency or special project, then there is uh, some surcharge for that. Otherwise, it's just straight hourly rate. But it is going to change because uh, um, I'm working with, uh Connect All at Jacob Center. And that, that's a business accelerator program. And uh, one of my biggest goals to achieve within that six months to come up with, with a different uh, pricing model that's gonna be uh, subscription based.
0: Okay. Yeah, I w- I had kind of wondered if there was going to be um like a subscription retainership yeah. I think yeah. a lot of um a lot of people are interested in turning to that, um, not just for their it needs, but um, other contract based needs as well. I do know that the the um, the cord most common of charging is hourly. You know, people were doing it by project and then they were ending up just in the woods. Um, At the end of it. And then I think that the subscription and this idea of like this monthly maintaining and things like that have become very in vogue from everything from the fitness industry, you know, all the way through to Mm -hmm. um, technical consulting. So I think that's interesting. Have you gotten some um, mentorship as to how to base that subscription based model?
1: I am getting it right now, as we speak, pretty much, because uh, of Connect All at the Jacob Center, they help me with that. I also reached out to uh, one of the universities here, uh, to their uh, business school, and they are going to help me to come up with uh, some kind of model, too, and to write contracts and SLAs and everything that comes with that.
0: Mm-hmm. I wonder how do you describe the ethos of your company? Like, how do you differentiate it from other IT consultancy companies? In your bio, you have this um, this very devout uh, kind of statement towards um, you know the clarity of your work and how you can do it and you can do it better. And I, I often find when I talk to founders in any tech, IT, or even software development, they talk about doing clean design and clean implementation. Where there isn't, you know, because um, there are pro- in every process, you can do things in kind of a messy or chaotic way, or you can keep everything really clean. And so I'm wondering if that's something that speaks to you, or how you differentiate yourself, or how one would go about describing kind of what's unique about um, Blue Surf IT.
1: Yeah, just to address your first thought, uh, that is part of my job to make the chaotic simple and understandable because especially because our computers and technology and IT that seems very chaotic to somebody who is not an expert and especially when they want to work and something goes wrong so that is part of my job to to break it down uh but to fix it and then break down uh, explaining what went wrong or what I recommend in, in English and uh, give them clear options and make a recommendation that is uh, precise and uh, understandable. So that's actually a very good point because technology for an outsider, it's, uh, well, it's not that easily overseen. <laughs> I just no.
0: Yeah, I can cause a lot of anxiety for people that, you know, want to use it, but do not want to have any patience or Mm -hmm. understanding with it as well. I think it's all about education.
1: Yes. And that's very interesting. I don't think they even need to understand it. For some reason, many people think that they should know how to fix computers. And Mm -hmm. I always tell my clients because they apologize to me for not knowing that thing. And I always tell them that you don't apologize to an electrician. You're not you don't think that you're supposed to know that. So you're not supposed to do that you are very good at what you are doing. So nice.
0: that's, yeah, okay. that's a good point. <laughs> that is true. We don't apologize to other expertise in their field. No one's apologizing to a doctor for not knowing how to self-administer a shot. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, so what do you think the differentiation of kind of what you do is?
1: Yes. well, um, Part of it, I already mentioned that you are at too, I truly uh, consider myself a geek with social skills and it's rare. Yeah. And while in, in a big uh, corporate IT, it might not matter all that much, but when I work with small companies and I directly communicate with the owners, it's very important that I can connect. Uh, besides that, uh, because of my scientific background and how my my brain works, uh, troubleshooting comes to me fairly easy. Mm-hmm. Um, I I learned that I am faster and more effective than, than most. And I just know that because I I was hired by quite a few clients to clean up the, the previous IT uh company's mess. Right. Uh, and when they told me that they couldn't fix it for weeks or months and I went in, I figured out what was wrong uh, in three hours, they were very much impressed.
0: Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that I think right there with consultants, you know, a lot of people will uh, wonder whether or not they're getting great service. And whenever I speak with a colleague who's kind of questioning that, I say, if you're getting wonderful service, you won't doubt it. There won't be a confusion, even if you don't have something positive. Um, of poor quality to compare it to, you'll know, you know, it's, it's when you're getting mediocre or poor service that you probably say to yourself, I, I don't know if that's, this great. And so I think that's great to know. And also uh, within a business such as yours, within it and um, technical consulting, I think that people lose sight that there is a, a very large um, talent pool and um kind of a wage of, of people that are doing really great things and people that are doing very substandard things. It's not mm-hmm. just everyone's confused and creating a rat's nest of an environment. You know, it's, I think that, um, because it's an area that so many people lack, um, knowledge in, it's like car mechanics, you know, very few people know how to unpack an engine. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it becomes just this very daunting, terrifying thing. And, you really don't know if you're finding a good one, but I, I think that it's good for people like you to be able to say, like, you know, you have this great clientele because you've dropped in and great skill will speak for itself. People come highly recommended. And so it's, it's good to know that about your IT specialist. You know, they should have incredible recommendations. People working with them should find them. You know, the the things that you're talking about distinguishing you, the social level of skills, you know, being able to communicate, doing things efficiently, doing things in a clean manner, like. Those things are possible and um, lovely to know that I exist for people who have had a bad experience with IT, you know, it's always, it's a mess. I've never brought, I've heard anyone come to tears faster than someone who's gotten poor IT or poor code design for them because it's this monstrositous like waste of money and time. and
1: yeah it, it, it definitely is so many things can go wrong and with, with small businesses especially they rely on me if if i don't provide and good support for them and don't uh back up from the technology side what they what they do the company can go under i can clearly understand it if i don't make sure that they have a a sound data protection plan and and data is secure and backed up and and the whole system makes sense and they can be productive that can spare some big troubles that could spare big troubles for them so i i truly feel that i am a, a A member of every small company I work for and that's this is what I hear from my clients too that they consider me absolutely a member of their team
0: would you ever um, bring multiple employees on would you ever grow your business to have um, do you have other employees that you have on right now and if so how arduous is that hiring process
1: oh I don't have at the moment but this is another thing that I'm going to be working on. And, and that's my goal that within this this year, I will hire my first employee. Uh, I am very passionate about uh, mentoring women mm-hmm. about this opportunity because uh, as I explained before, I think we can do it really well. And this is such a good fit for for women. Small business IT. So even if, like me, I had a bad experience in corporate IT, and I don't even consider a, a job what I do now. Now it's exciting and and fulfilling, and I absolutely love it. So yes, I want to teach other other uh, women or or you know whoever, but I am very much passionate about showing women how how they can be uh, successful.
0: Absolutely. And it's an exciting opportunity, I think, for anybody to kind of hear about and look into. Also, I think for people who um, are forced to move around, you know, military spouses and things of that nature, picking up a trade um, such as this, a skill and, and being able to do that and relocate every three years. Well, it's a little daunting. I think it's, it's one of those trades that can stay with you rather than being locked into a company where you have a specific role and you can't leave at it. It's a really good point. And I hadn't looked at it that way as this kind of apprenticeship model, you know, where people can kind of pass it down and women are an incredible, um, I think a uh, group of people that would be uniquely suited for it. I applaud your, um, your leading that charge. I look forward to seeing you do more of it. Um, mm-hmm. and speaking of goals, um, of hiring your first employee, do you have any other like three to five year goals in addition to that, that you would like to implement?
1: yes uh well uh i i would like to scare my company to include uh at least five employees within the next five years and uh, at that point uh i could pull back from the day-to-day operation and tech support and uh, hopefully just uh, focus more of my time on expanding the company. Mm -hmm. But there's definitely, that is the goal. And I just realized it uh, last year because I'm very happy doing what I do and I I like it, but I I realized that if I, frankly, if I don't want to work for the rest of my life, I will have to grow the company and then, then, uh I can give others good paying jobs, I can mentor women, I can do what I care about, actually really put it into practice what I care about. And then I will have the benefit and, and the opportunity to pull back a little bit and focus on something else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's exciting. I think that that's a, it's an exciting and attainable goal and it would push you into another realm. It's wonderful to love what you do and still find yourself, you know, progressing into phasing it out and pushing yourself into something else. I think that's exciting. um, Another hat to wear in your company. So I'm curious, this is my final question. Um, We're running out of time, but I did want to, it's my favorite one because of people's remarks, but I'm curious if you were walking through a park, Balboa park tomorrow or garden somewhere near you, and you ran across a woman who um, had heard of you or a female identified non-binary individual. And she came up and said, listen, um, I've just gotten done doing corporate IT for many, many years. I was in the East coast and Midwest, and now I've moved out here and I wanna go out and kind of form my own consultancy company. What are the top three pieces of advice you would give her um, that you've learned and find crucial to be in your time period doing it? Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Listen to the clients just for as long as it takes to find out exactly how they use technology, what their expectations are for an IT consultant. Um, I think again, women are better at that because I don't want to push anything down to you know to my client's throat. I I want to and I do bend the technology to the, to their needs, not the other way around. Uh, so that would be one. Listen. Uh, second, be brave. <laughs> building yeah. something like this for from nothing that takes lots of uncomfortable. Uh, conversations or uh, you, you usually, I think it's going to be uncomfortable, but then it ends up something really okay. And even satisfying when you are, when you approach somebody or knock on the door or stand up in a networking event and talk about yourself, especially if you don't have uh, a track record, uh, you know, yet it's, it's, you have to push yourself, but don't, don't be afraid of being, being uncomfortable, be brave. The third one, um, it, I think it would be, uh, it's kind of a cliche, but don't give it up, don't give up. So in my case, after I moved here for two and a half years, I, it felt like I was treading water. It didn't go anywhere. All that effort, everything I put in it was just very, very slow, the growth. And then within within, really one month, everything just started working. I got a ton of clients. It just, I was okay. I knew that I am going to make it.
0: What one do you think month. that was attributable to after two and a half years and then just mm-hmm. one month? I think it was just probably critical mass.
1: I mean, I tried <laughs> everything and I did everything from uh, subcontracting to uh, networking, knocking on doors, talking to everyone, um, uh, Facebook posts, yeah, just everything I could think of. And I think it just reached a critical mass. That's finally it yeah. all started coming together. But it was really it was nothing if you asked me two months prior to that, or even one month prior to that. I, I would have told you that I'm not sure if I'm going to make it.
0: Yeah. So
1: for two and a half years doing it with not much results. That's that's commitment.
0: Just yeah, a, that's endurance. Stay with it. That's a marathon. So uh, I have listened to the clients. Be brave. And don't give up because there is going to be a point of critical mass as in your case. That's wonderful. I love that last point because I think it's true and you don't know when it's coming, you know, and it is around some corner. There's very, so rarely in life, this gentle, you know, uptick of an incline. It's usually a hockey stick like you're talking about with the critical mass, with a growth that happens exponentially. And it is, it's just a gruesome marathon until then, you know, it's, um, even if it's beautiful and fun and exciting, it's, it's a lot of work until yeah. it, until it starts to reward. And so,
1: occasionally.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, we are out of time, um, Gita, but I am going to circle back around in a year and see if I can catch up with you again and find out how the acquisition of your five new employees is going. Um, and I really wanted to say thank you so much for your time today and all of your information.
1: Thank you, it was very interesting.
0: Absolutely, and for everyone listening, you can contact Gita Bazaar again on bluesurfit.com. And thank you for giving us your time. Until we speak again next time, remember to always bet on yourself. Sláinte.